Hey, welcome everybody. Tom Bentsy Media Podcast. I'm so happy. I have such a great guest here with us today. This is Marina Aris. She is the founder of the Brooklyn Writers Company out of Brooklyn, New York. And um, I think she has some really just great insights in terms of her writing process, how she goes about writing, the creative process. She's worked on some really cool books uh, and a couple of them are coming out. And uh, let's just get right into it. So Marina, thank you so much for joining us. I would love to learn more about the Brooklyn Writers Company, how you found it, and what's it all, what it's all about. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. Happy to be here. Uh, so you did mention writing, and at the heart of what I've built is writing. It's just that I have always been a writer, so I was very young. And uh, growing up, everybody said, if you want to eat, don't write. That's not the career choice for you. Don't do it. Uh, so I wound up in a lot of different industries. Um, and then finally, in 2013, I started to take a look at what was happening in publishing and the industry, just like every industry has changed significantly. And I started to notice something. I said, like, hey, look at this. Now you can publish your book within 72 hours if you really wanted to. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can. Uh, and, and you can just get to the market sooner. You can get to your reader sooner. You can have this writing career sooner than ever before. I said, like, fantastic. Um, so the wonderful thing that I figured out was if you can write and if you can put on a business hat, you can get involved in today's independent publishing business. Um, and that's what I did. I built a company by accident. Uh, so the Brooklyn Writers Company is actually an umbrella company. It has a press, the Brooklyn Writers Press. The Brooklyn Writers Company is all about helping writers um, when they need to market themselves or their books or if they need to be part of a community, you know, all of the services or resources that writers need. And the press is all about uh, putting out books that are helping writers get, um, you know, like if you wanted to self-publish, you can, but it's not as easy as you think. It's not just because you want to write, just because you could do it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. So someone like me comes in, I partner with the writers, I have a team, you know, that I hire to do really great work. So the writer can relax. They can just put together a great story or a book, just a book, depending if it's nonfiction, right? And I help them make great decisions about this book so that it has a chance. It has a real chance on the marketplace. Um, so that's what I do professionally. And as a writer, I'm getting my own books out finally this year. So yes, tell me what you'd like to know about the writing. Sure, sure. So it sounds like you're building a community here. And it sounds like you're, you're focused with these writers that come to you, you're focused on a lot of self promotion via this community that you're building online and social media. Is that correct? Yes, there is some of that. Um, you know, I've taken the Brooklyn Writers Company to London, Miami, Las Vegas, Dallas, this has become way beyond Brooklyn, the community is now thankfully global. Um, and yes, writers need community. And they're not always as um, outgoing. Not all writers, you know, a lot of them are just like to stay behind the scenes, behind the computer. Um, so I, I do like to create opportunities for writers to, depending on how comfortable they are, to have an opportunity to either read their work or share their work. Um, and really what writers need to um, get more comfortable with is really, remember the DVD extras? Do you remember the films, mm -hmm. how great they were when you yeah. could watch all that extra footage? 
that's really what I found to be the key for not only writers, but for anybody who has to be on social media. It's like, what if you, people want to know, well, why do you do what you do? What, what happened when you did what you did? It didn't go perfectly, did it? Right? You've got bloopers or you've got bad scenes or you've got bad writing. And all of that is so interesting if you think about it, right? Um, I don't know. Do you have any favorite books? Tell me. Do you have any favorite books that, that you could think of? Yeah, Catcher in the Rye. That's probably my favorite book. Oh, Salinger fan. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. It's a good classic yeah. one. And that book is great because even the way that that book begins is all about how awful things are. <laughs> if you think about it, it's such a dismal start to a storyline. Yeah. But it's but doesn't it captivate you? Of doesn't course, it captivate yeah. you? So it's the character is so is so interesting, and his world that he creates is so unique to his perspective. And that's what it's all about the character, and that's why I think Salinger said he'll never have it made into a movie because it. It doesn't translate well to a film, I don't think. Actually, in film school, I was in film school, and we, uh, one of the people on my crew decided to do a Salinger, that, that Catcher in the Rye, a short film. It was like six minutes long. And he, did, he took one scene out of the storyline, and they didn't want to hire an actress who got on me. I had to get on the screen and do this thing. I'm like, oh, of all the scenes I had to do. But anyway. It's another story, but you, it's interesting that you mentioned that because we actually pulled a scene out of that book to make wow. it into a short film. So you never know. You never wow. know. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, so to, uh, you, 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 you're a very proficient writer. Who are some of your influences as a writer? And, and I know you said you've been doing this since you were a kid. How did you eventually get into it? Like, did, were you always reading as a child and and did you translate that to just writing your own stories? And, and what type of stories really grab you? And, and what type of stories do you like to, to uh, write and, and to get out there into the world? Yeah, well, books like everything else, um, I do feel as people mature, sometimes their tastes change. You know, so when I was a child, you know, I lived in a very volatile uh, environment, a very difficult environment. A lot, a lot of violence, a lot of bad things happening all the time. And so books were my window into something better. <laughs> something, even if there was drama, it was way better than what I was going through. Um, so initially for me, books were an escape, right? And, and for a lot of people, they can be a good escape, they can be a bad escape, but they're an escape. That's the first thing that they tend to be. And then over time, I would say uh, I was a nerd. <laughs> so at the age of, I think it was right before high school there was that middle school period and i had this english this english teacher he was like you remember meatloaf the musician yeah yeah i'll do he anything that, for love yeah yes he had that look he had that look to him he was a, <laughs> he was a, he was a mean kind of like Urgh. and um and the, the interesting thing about him is that he, his demeanor was so um strong that when he walked into the room everybody just everybody you just didn't make a sound and he would sit but he loved literature he loved literature and he sat there and what he would do is he would choose the same students over and over again to read out loud i got chosen sometimes not often but i wanted to read well for this teacher right um anyway the, the point is at least in his class i got to understand that literature in a way had to be respected you don't go in there and you don't, you don't dilly-dally, you pay attention to the damn words, you know? You read them and you are present. 
Um, so I will never forget that teacher. I don't remember his name. How crazy is that? But I remember him. I remember how he dominated that room and how he somehow just taught us that there was a value in words and you had to really respect them. Um, anyway, I started soon after there, I started getting into Kipling and Frost and um, Dostoevsky and all of these other you know, heavyweight writers. And the reason I got sucked in is because the writing, which at the time were mainly poems, that's what I was getting into. Um, I felt like every poem was almost a short story or a life lesson. And a kid like me who was in foster care didn't have too many people kind of giving me guidance. So Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling's If, if you know it, is written for a boy. But I took that poem as a 13-year-old. I said, that poem is for me. Um, and it's, if you read it, it's really like a, a rule book for living because it talks, about, um, it talks about how do you fit into society, how do you uh, uh, accept others, how do you blend in with others, how do you stay somewhere in the middle, you know, without thinking you're so wonderful, you know, or how do you not keep yourself below the ground, think you're so bad. I mean, it's just, I can't do it justice, but if you do read it, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, anyway, I started to understand that, that uh, oh, I apologize for that. <sighs> I hear this uh, honking. I live in a very busy place. No, we don't, um, we don't even hear it. It's fine. Okay, good. Anyway, so, so yeah, so language, I got to understand that language was important, that poetry was a way into to learning how to live, at least for me. And then I started to play around with it. I started to uh, use it as a way to deal with emotional troubles. And I noticed that when you feel really badly, sometimes you can make it sound pretty. <laughs> That's kind of what I learned. Uh, yeah, and, and so it sort of happened by accident. Um, also, it could be a calling. You know, writers tend to be compelled to write. You know, it's not, you, it's not a decision that you make. It's usually made for you. You're drawn to it or you aren't. Uh, and that's kind of how it happened. I've been writing since, since I was very young. And, uh, and, and it's wonderful. It's one of the most, I don't know. If nobody reads it, I don't care. <laughs> I just, it's just in the creation of it that there is so much joy for me. Is it therapeutic, like emotionally, like cathartic? And do you, you, you find yourself putting a lot of just your emotional well-being onto the page? Yeah, you can also see your emotional non-well-being. <laughs> you can, you know, what's interesting is, uh, yes, I think it's a tool for, you know, it's a tool for respecting human emotion. You know, there, there is no, if you want to be philosophical about it, there is no good or bad. There is no black and white. There's no, everything is in the middle somewhere. And um, it's worth observing. It's worth examining, right? Every feeling you have, it'll pass. But if you write a poem about a feeling that you have, whether it's a good feeling or a bad feeling, you've captured something, you know? And some people like to capture things. They either store or they either keep mementos or, you know, or we've heard about the letter in the jar and the gauche. I mean, there are ways to hold on to things and package them. And I think writing allows people, whether you're a writer or not, it allows all of us to capture something and experience you know, a, an emotional response. It's all valid in your own life. It's your story, right? So, so it sounds like it's a way to understand our emotions, understand 
what other people are going through, making us more empathetic human beings. And through this creative process, really bringing us together as, as humans. Yeah, but what did you learn? And sometimes you won't know what you learn until you try to articulate it, right? And writing is not putting pen on paper. It's, it's, it's just thinking in a constructive way. And it can, be, and it can also be thinking in a de destructive way. Either, either path will teach you something, right? So I, I consider words um, tools. I consider them art, right? When they're shaped nicely, sometimes they're not shaped nicely. And in that case, you think it's just, am I allowed to curse? <laughs> okay, is this calling crap? Um, no, but you know, I'm also passionate about words. So we can, yeah, yeah, I can definitely tell that. That's <laughs> <laughs> so if you ask me, I, I give words a life that perhaps someone else wouldn't. You know, I, I love words. I love books. I love everything to do with literature. And after saying that, I will tell you this. Music is my first love. Mm. Yes. Oh, interesting. And, and do you have any musical experience? Do you play instruments or do you sing or anything like that? Just by ear, I can play a little bit of the piano because I've, I have a fairly good ear, but um, I'm not, not trained. But even in music, if you consider for a moment, there are lyrics, aren't there? It's poetry, right? It's poetry in motion. Yeah. It's poetry in motion and melody. Yeah. That's very, that's very cool. Um, wow. It's, it's very deep. We're, we're taking this to a very deep level. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's just bring it down in terms of the practicality of, and I, I'm talking about this in some of the videos that I'm creating of in, in, in film. I'm, I'm a filmmaker, I'm an actor. And I've noticed throughout the years that the, probably the hardest thing to do is to write like very few people in my experience in the last 20 years are able to sit down and write a screenplay. Very, very few people and even less are able to do that effectively. A lot of people have these grandiose ideas. A lot of people want to be a part of a film, the creative process. They want to direct, they want to act. Very few people can actually take that first step and write a screenplay. And it's unfortunate because screenwriters on just by themselves, they, they don't get, I think, the respect that they really deserve because that's, it's very difficult to create something out of nothing. And my process is it all starts with a basic idea for a film or, or a series and then just cultivating that idea over and over again. And then once you have the general idea, breaking it down. And what I like to do is when I can is to schedule time each day and, and write, whether it be like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to write five scenes today and I'm going to write five scenes tomorrow. And then it eventually it builds up. And that's also how I read too. I'm reading a book about Thomas Edison because I'm doing a, a documentary on him. And I just schedule, like, I'm going to read 20 pages a day. And then over time, it adds up. Because in this hectic world, when you have other things going on, you have a career, etc. I can't just sit around, like, for four days straight and just read a book or to write a screenplay. So I'm interested in, in learning about your process. How do you go about writing? Um, do you set time aside? Or is it something that comes to you and you try to just write when you, you feel compelled, like you said earlier? How's the process break down for you? Well, I will tell you. You know, that question, <laughs> we're all different, right? And so um, what I can tell you is that I have aspirations just like everyone else does. Um, and there are two things that will dictate how that happens. The first thing, as you said, is the medium. Screenplays are difficult because they're stripping away everything that is unnecessary. 
And then novel writing is difficult because it's inviting in every detail that you can possibly imagine. So I don't have a process. And the, and the reason why I don't have a process is because my, as you just mentioned, my life at this point in time is incredibly busy. So what I have done, <laughs> I just did something uh, yesterday, which I feel is going to give me a process very quickly. <laughs> oh, that sounds so. interesting. Please share. <laughs> so you saw the books that are supposed to be published by me, and they have not been published by me because I've put all of my other authors first, which I don't mind. I love them. I love their work. I love what I do for them. But I have to get my own work out. So what I did was I put one of my books on pre-order <laughs> for the end of August. And it's not written yet. No, no, it's written. Oh, okay. It's written, but it needs to go through the final passes of editing. And that's a whole other phase of writing, right? That's when you're taking what you've already done and, you know, figuring out how to clean it up. So anyway, there are a lot of processes. Um, and what I have done is, so, so what I've learned is I, I want to be, I want to aspire to be as um, uh, disciplined and planned as you are but I don't operate that way. I've attempted it and it doesn't work. I don't follow through. So what I did find that works is building in all of these um, bigger uh, accountability measures. So for instance, the pre-order book, um, also, also I've gotten apps. So what, what I tried just a week ago, again, I've been grappling with this and I've been needing it head on lately. Um, I downloaded an app called Dictate and what I did is because now I'm driving where I wasn't before, I tried it. I plugged it in in my car. I drove, you know, from to Brooklyn to get my children. And I, 30, 3,500 words in less than an hour. Wow. Brilliant. Brilliant. Wow. Now they have to be edited. That's okay. I felt fantastic. And what's the value of that? And I'm going to keep doing that. Why? Because number one, obviously the word count helps you uh, to motivate you. Two, the best writing is the type of writing that's conversational. That's not, you know, getting in its own way. It's when I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to you on the page. How better can I do it, right? Than if I'm speaking those words into a, a, an app that's transcribing them. Plus I get the audio. <laughs> I can do something with the audio. So if I don't use it for the book, brilliant. Um, so anyway, um, all this to say, apps are helpful, deadlines are helpful. Um, the other thing is remembering that five minutes of writing is writing. <laughs> That's okay. Remembering that looking out the window is writing because you have to think. You have to really think. Um, and some of us just don't, we don't do it. I think the reason why people don't write is because Thinking about something that doesn't exist feels like a luxury because you're like, I'm creating something from nothing. And that means it has zero value as of the moment of creation, right? As of the moment of pre-creation, I should say. So therefore you don't go into it. Why? Because you have to pay the bills. You have to take care of the kids. You have to start a business, build a business, keep the business going. All of those other things are um, in effect much more powerfully strong and, and real and you have to show up for them. But when something doesn't exist and you don't even know if it's going to succeed, you're like, ah, I'll just do it later. Yeah. So five minutes of writing helps. Evernote helps me. That's where I do my poetry writing. 
Um, and I can you talk, what is, what is Ever, Evernote for the people that don't know? Oh, Evernote is a, it's, it's fairly old and I go back and forth on it, but it's, it's kept my poetry sketches. I call them poetry sketches. It's important that you put your writing in a form that is not, um, that is not stressful. So I always use the word sketches or drafts at the beginning because it helps you realize you're not trying to be perfect. Um, so it's kept my, it's a series of digital notebooks um, and you can use it in any number of ways. You can just use it as a, a on the go jotting some notes down or you can drop photos and PDFs into it. You can do all kinds of stuff. But the way I use it is I have a poetry sketches uh, overarching notebook. And then underneath it, I have a notebook, as it turns out, one from 2001 to 2009 or whatever, and by year, however you want to do it. And so right now I have my 2021 sketches. And I've noticed that for some reason, if I'm out and about and I'm walking sometimes, I'm like, let me just pull it out and see what comes. And just saying, let's see what comes, you know, <laughs> that's it. That's all you need. And you just jot it in, put it away and you keep going. And you've written, you've written. You didn't sit down like they do in, in the films, you know, and throw out the crumpled paper, but you've sat, you've managed to get content created, which is the whole point. And it sounds like it's, it's a lifestyle. It's not just about oh, yeah. being a, a writer. I mean, this is your whole life. You have to have that creative approach, whether you're walking in a park or whether you're sitting at your desk, right? It's about living a life of creativity and of creating content and creating art from nothing. Yeah, and don't forget to fill in the well, right? And so that's why I, I feel like, and very often I think writers tend to have perhaps another creative outlet. Like I take photographs. I don't pretend I'm a great photographer, but I love it. I, I love the way that pulling out a camera helps me to find a little thing that just draws my attention to it, which is not that different from choosing a subject to write about saying, I'm going to pull out this topic and I'm going to dive into it. I'm going to take out my camera and I'm going to capture that. And so they start to feed each other. Um, and you have to be mindful of whether or not you are uh, creatively exhausted or not. And sometimes I, I've noticed that I am, but it's because life has exhausted me. So what do I need to do? I need to disconnect from everything and maybe go see an art exhibit, listen to a live concert, listen to music, read a book in my hands, right? Like touch a book. Um, so you need to constantly, yes, have a lifestyle, but the lifestyle is not just about output. It's also about input. You have to protect the input. Um, I don't watch the paper. I mean, I don't watch the news. I don't read the paper. I don't. I know people are going to tell me the most horrible, important things that are occupying the societal, you know, threads consciousness. I don't need to get involved in that because I need to protect my creative input. I can't do anything about the horrible things that are happening in the other side. Not that I don't care. I care very, very deeply about humanity and about the terrible things that happen, but I don't see any value in cluttering up my mental creative space with things I cannot fix. And I, perhaps it's not, you know, that's my perspective. People can agree or disagree with it, but that's how I live my life. And that's where creativity uh, crosses for me with having the tools you need to actually put something in, into existence that matters. You, you got to know how you work. How do you work? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, for me, it's, it's, it's about a lifestyle. It's about uh, being healthy mentally, physically, working out, exercising, um, listening to great content, great podcasts, reading great books, seeing great films, being inspired. And, and one of the things I talk about on my, my channel, my YouTube channel is like, I'm not just looking to be entertained, though I am entertained. I'm looking to learn. I'm looking to uh, see how I can incorporate their styles within my own. Right. Or just to have them influence you in some exactly. way. Right. I agree with that. And I think for that reason, and I, I've had, as, as I'm sure you can gather from what little I've shared with you, I had a pretty rough start in life. And so for me, at this point in my life, I'm driving the damn bus. And you know what? It, it's going to be a good ride because I'm driving it, right? So. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, I'd love to talk a little bit about your books. Like, what can you tell us okay. about some of I'll them? Tell you and about them. So, Running Into the Night, uh, the reason why it's taken so long is because that is the book, that is the heavy book. The book, you know, that when people ask me, well, where the heck are you from and where do you come from? Well, that's it. It's all in there. Um, and, and it's a very vulnerable book because it's, you know, when you're a child, you have no control over the things you see and experience yet you are tied into them, you know? And so running into the night is about um, the young girl that I was uh, growing up with uh, a mother who had immigrated into the United States. Um, you know, she had the typical rap sheet of, you know, prostitute, cocaine dealer, drug user, alcoholic, and some other psychological whatever that I would never know what it was. But she was basically that character. Um, and how her decisions, or lack of decisions in some cases led to my um, my understanding of what running really means in life. So I've understood running the concept from many different ways. You either run away from danger, sometimes depending on your psychology, you run to danger because it's comfortable, right? Um, and sometimes you you run back for a good reason, like I decided to do with the memoir. I decided, well, let me run back into all these awful, terrible things and see what the hell did I learn and what the hell am I made of? And so that's alchemizing a negative start into something positive. That's the whole point of that book. Um, and, and so- I'm sorry, and this book is yeah. a, it's a fictional book, but it's- No, no, it's a memoir. Oh, it's a memoir. Okay, Running Into the Night is a memoir, okay. Yeah, so Running Into the Night is a memoir. Anyway, so it took a long time and it's finally gonna get out this year and now it's on pre-order, so it's gotta come out. Um, and yes, and so then the other books are, the other, everything else I've written, so it's either nonfiction, helping people understand the publishing landscape, because now I've been in it for almost seven years and I really understand it or um, the fictional stuff is all about the stuff that I know. Stuff is, you know, being an outsider, an underdog, being outside of society, how do you get in, or um, love and loss and all that I've learned. It's like, I somehow I've come out on the other side and I can, you know, I'm happy, I'm a happy person, but I understand the sorrows of, of life and I can step into those characters and, they feel like home because I understand them so well. And so I inevitably write those storylines. And so I can't escape them, right? Writers are, are compelled to write and they're also compelled to write about a certain topic. It just happens. I didn't choose it. I feel like it chose me. 
Very cool. Very cool. And, and then there's poetry. That's the last thing. <laughs> uh, and is that based on your life experiences and translating that into something creative and artistic? Yeah, all poetry, I feel anyways, and some people, I don't see how poetry can be excised out of uh, an individual, you know, you can't kind of like, I feel that poetry is born from a very deep emotional um, experience. And I, I just don't see it any other way. I've tried to write poetry when I'm happy, it sucks. <laughs> Nothing good comes out. <laughs> it's when I'm like through the mud, man. That's when it's great. I'm like, oh, that's good. If only I didn't have to hurt so much. <laughs> <laughs> What's, yeah, like, yeah, if you saw Almost Famous, there's a great line that Philip Seymour Hoffman says, and he's like, you know, all great art comes from, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but like tragedy, it comes from people yeah. that are uncool. It comes from that hurt inside, the emotional trauma. That's what really brings great art. And it's true. I don't know why it has to be, but maybe it's because, I think it's because there's something to learn in it, like you said earlier. I really do think that that's, because, because this is the thing, in, in film, books, music, whatever, there's no all good or all bad. Even the bad guys, the good bad guys, have something about them that draws us in, right? Something that kind of, you're like, whether you like it or not, you're gonna respect about that character. You're not gonna be like, you're like, I like that son of a gun, but yeah. You know, but somehow, like, if he's a great character, you're gonna have that element in him, right? And so that's what I think tragedy or adversity teaches us. And when we when we alchemize it, like I said, you know, you you just kind of un unbox what's valuable in all of it. So here's the ugly thing, but here's the thing that draws you in. Here's the beauty in it. Here's the diamond in the rough, so to speak, right? You, here it is. There's no other way to get it. And then when everything's great and happy, you're like you see that rainbow, like, yeah, I see it, pretty. Okay, yeah, we're in agreement, done. You see the rainbow, looks good, it's happy, we're all happy, there's nothing more to say. <laughs> but when you say, find the rainbow underneath the mud, now you've got a journey to go to. You're like, that's not gonna be easy, is it? How will I do that? It's hard to see through the mud, right? You gotta get through it. So I don't know if that's a good, I, I'm getting away from myself. And I don't even know if that makes any sense to anybody but me. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I totally get it. It's about finding beauty in the everyday, finding beauty in hardship and depression and making it meaningful and bringing us together with this shared, these shared experiences that we have. Because listen, everybody's going through something, right? And the, your experiences, my experiences, if we put that in a creative way, People are going to relate to that. People are going to, it's going to resonate if it's done well, if it's done creatively, artistically. And that's what draws all human beings to art. That's what's been drawing us to art for, you know, since the dawn of time. So that's what makes it it's special. That's what makes it uh, unique, in my opinion. And uh, I think it, it, the way you said it was really, really powerful. And I totally agree. Yeah. No, and when it's beautiful, by the way, it's when everybody is like in awe of it, right? Even the creator. When it's beautiful, it's like, you know, you've got, this is the cycle of life, right? It's the cycle of adversity, it's the cycle of everything. But when you're up top, you know, that's when you put this light on it, you know, and it's, that's when, we, that's when that thing happens, that whole humanity connection thing happens. It's when we're all looking at it together. It's like, wow, yeah, you've, you've dug something up out of that. That's, that's interesting. And you hope though, you hope that people come out on top. You always hope for it. And the, the sad truth is we know some of us don't, right? Um, and, you know, even for a period of my life, I didn't think I would. And that's another part of that book. 
here's those parts where I was like, how the heck am I going to get out of this? How am I ever going to go up? And it's the miracle. That's the whole, I don't know what to call it, but. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll write something and then I'll, I'll, you know, you look back and you're, and you'll, you'll read it or you'll watch it on, on screen. And you're like, I wrote that. Like, I don't even, where did that come from? Like, I yes. don't even, how does that even, how is that me? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, like who, who wrote that. And, but it's, it's a part of you that, and that's what the beauty of writing and creating is that you're tapping into a deeper part of yourself that really connects us all, in my opinion. Yeah. The, the, the real truth is always there. And, and the thing is that when you, um, so I feel like writing or any art form, what it allows you to do, right. Is to get past all of the conscious layers right? The conscious layers are always going to keep you out of trouble. They're always going to say, oh, no, don't go there. Oh, no, don't do that. But when you say no, when you're saying, okay, I'm going to bulldoze those obstacles, that's when you're sitting down to write or shoot or create or paint, whatever it is you're going to do. You're, you're saying, I don't care how you're going to stop me. I'm going to go. So it's inevitable. It's absolutely inevitable that you're going to find something you don't recognize. And that's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it's not always brilliant, but most of the time I have to say when it means something, you know, it's brilliant. It's so, true. Okay. It's true. Yeah. And uh, finally, Marina, what's your advice to somebody out there, whether it's a young person or somebody older, somebody in their 40s or 50s, they've always had an interest in writing, but they never went about it. What's your advice to those people out there? Well, look, I... I I consider myself the writer's ally. And I always say do it, but that sounds very cliche, you know, just do it. Um, what I would say is think for a moment, reflect. Actually reflect is better. Take a little time to yourself because you need this. You need quiet, you need an uncluttered time to think. And I think what you need, what, what um, anyone thinking about writing needs to figure out is uh, the answers to a few questions. A, why do you want to write, right? Because it matters. If somebody says to me, I want to write because I want to be a best-selling author, I'm going to say, try again. <laughs> Just because the likelihood of that happening is not very high. And yes, you could try, but you're a different type of writer. You're like, I can give you a whole factory of mechanics to make that potentially, potentially happen. That's not like kind of what you want the answer to be is, I want to write because I can't help myself. I feel like if I don't write, there's something missing or something broken or something unexpressed, and I really want to do it. So one, find the motivation. Two, um, don't be precious about it. You know, you know, pen and paper, keyboard, whatever, dictation like I'm doing, just try something. You don't know what's going to work until it works. You know, you just got to try. And the way that you get to it is by making time and space in your life for it. You have to, you know, there have been days where I've woken up at 4.30 in the morning. It's a beautiful time of the day. Nobody knows I'm alive. And I'll do things. I'll do things I never would have done had I started my day, you know, at 9 o'clock on the run. Find the space, whether it's early in the morning, late at night. And if you don't have a lot, because some people say they don't have a lot of time, start with five minutes. One minute, one minute, I can write a crappy sentence, but I can write, damn it, and use an app, use a 
notepad, whatever works. I used to write on napkins when I started. <laughs> I used to just write on napkins. I wish I still had them. You know, I really do. Write on a napkin. This is, but writing is fun. Change your perspective. Always have to change the perspective. It's not a chore. It's not something that only some people get to do. It's something anybody can do. If you get the hell out of your own way and say, just do it, just do it for yourself. So anyway, I don't know if that's helpful, but when I do it, I think of it as like, I feel like guilty almost because like, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> I should be paying the bills, <laughs> but this is going to be fun. <laughs> so do it for yourself first and foremost and do it. I mean, just, just find the time. I mean, be practical about it. Just five minutes, one minute writing on just a piece of paper, just, you know, just do it. I mean, I know that sounds very cliche, but the, I love your first step. Like, let's make sure we're doing this for the right reasons and understand how this can really benefit us. And then just make sure we're doing, like we have practical setup where we can actually facilitate this. But that's, that's really great advice. Yeah, good. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Marina. We really appreciate your time. Uh, where can uh, everyone follow you on social media? Oh, just go for um, brooklynwriterscode.com because that has everything. Brooklynwriterscode.com. That, that kind of just leads you down the rabbit hole of Marina Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun and it was deep, but I hope you didn't mind. I loved great. it. Loved it. Thank you so much. Really appreciate okay. it. All right. Bye, Tom. Bye.